join me, Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation with Sally Miller. She and her co-founder, Alex Musgrave, birthed a business from a desire to do tourism differently, to leave a positive impact on wildlife, communities, and environments. Their company, Impact Escapes, offers community-based experiences and visits timeless UNESCO World Heritage Sites, stunning white sand beaches, colonial tea plantations, and some of the world's most diverse wildlife and cultures. While they are not currently offering these trips, they are still deeply committed to creating ongoing employment and improving livelihood of people who help them to offer these immersive experiences. In this episode, we talk about their origin story, as well as the flexibility and resiliency required in these troubled times. Following simultaneous nationwide lockdowns in both New Zealand and Sri Lanka due to the coronavirus pandemic, Sally and Alex were left wondering what they could do to support friends and colleagues in Sri Lanka who were dependent on tourism for their livelihoods. They believe sharing a cup of tea brings people together to celebrate, commiserate, and sometimes just chat. It made sense to them that they could combine their love of tea and their goal to make a positive impact. They reached out to some of their well-loved tea estates and soon Impact Tea was born. Since our conversation, they have rebranded and you can now find this responsibly sourced product labeled as Thieves Tea. I am so inspired by their work and I love talking to Sally and learning more about their journey. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Sally Miller. Uh, welcome to Soul of Travel. I'm very happy to be sitting down today with Sally Miller, and she's joining us from New Zealand. So I'm really grateful for you being here in these early hours of your morning to have this conversation. Um, She and her partner, Alex Musgrave, are the co-founders of Impact Escapes and Impact Tees. And um, we connected over the magic of the internet and just had really aligned missions and visions for tourism and kind of the things that we were supporting in this space of uh, the pause of tourism related to the COVID pandemic. And um, I'm just so excited to bring this conversation to this space. So Sally, I'm gonna give you a moment to introduce yourself and um, give us a little bit of your background and a little bit about Impact Escapes, and then we'll go forward from there. Thank you, and uh, thanks very much for the opportunity to be here with you today and and chat about everything that's meaningful to us here. Um, So Impact Escapes was really born of a desire to do tourism differently. Um, Alex, my business partner, had travelled to Sri Lanka and just fallen completely in love with Sri Lanka as a destination. As you know, we live here in New Zealand. We live in Queenstown, which is a very popular tourist destination. So we see from our own personal travel experiences and our own sort of day-to-day lives working in tourism over many years that the positive and negative impacts that tourism can have. So I was looking to get back into work um, post having young children and I'd always worked in sort of retail travel and customer service, but I was 
not keen to return to the norm of retail travel and Alex and I got together and you know her love of Sri Lanka and my love of wanting to do something different we decided that setting up a different kind of travel company would be a great opportunity for us. Yeah um, I love that uh, the idea of kind of who you become after you enter your parenting journey too for me that was something you know I had been involved in tourism but then had taken a break and then when I got back I knew that it was something I wanted to do one because I was passionate about it but two because it allowed me to have flexibility to be able to be with my kids and as an entrepreneur to set my own schedule and to kind of create something that was really meaningful for me. If I was going to take time away from them, I also wanted to get something out of it. I wanted to make sure it was something I felt justified in, in putting my time and heart and energy into. So um, I, that really resonates for me, um, having kind of that foundation. Um, <clears throat> when you talk about wanting to create something different, what is it that when you initially launched with what kind of uh, travel experiences were you offering? Um, essentially what we were looking to provide was the most authentic experience that we could. So dealing directly with many more smaller operators of tourism experiences, dealing with the, you know, in Sri Lanka, it's very common to have your own private driver and just being able to allow those sort of experiences where you're spending time with a driver who really cares about you, gets to know you, you know that you're going to meet his family and you're going to have a lifelong connection with this person that you spent anywhere from 10 days to six weeks traveling around the island with. It's not a fleeting sort of, I guess, transaction with someone wearing a suit and tie. It's it's much more than that, you know, um, connecting you with someone that, that wants to show you the best of their country and takes you to the restaurants that are owned by another small family on the edge of a rice paddy or somewhere off the beaten track from just the big hotels and the main checklist of destinations and, and things that you want to see within a country. But actually, you know, what are you really interested in and allowing you to experience that as part of your journey? For anyone who hasn't had the opportunity to have that experience when you travel, I would say it's something definitely worth uh, consideration. I know, especially um, uh, coming from the US, we, that's not something we think of as hiring a driver um, or, a, or a tour guide or a local person to, to, to take us around. Usually a lot of times we're going somewhere already on a scheduled itinerary or we're going to a resort where we kind of stay in that place or hiring a driver is maybe an expense or a luxury that we wouldn't consider. And I would have to say because of time of traveling in places where it really is a requirement where you're you're not going to be comfortable driving or or you really need to have someone local driving you um those have been really powerful parts of my travel journey is that connection with those guides and drivers and like you said like really you spend you end up spending so much time together especially when you're traveling from one place to another and learning about their family and learning about their education background or like i mean so many topics come up when you're sitting in that vehicle that would never come up if you didn't have that much time together and it really does add to it and like you said you really become connected you come become vested in their story and their family and the people that you meet along the way so i i love that um that way of engaging when i travel as well yeah and i think just that that depth of conversation and and as you say just letting a conversation about any topic evolve you know and the people that they can then introduce you to, be it the rice farmer that's drying his rice on the road, you know, having having an introduction from a local to say, oh, these guys are here from New Zealand, from the US, from wherever. Can you show them what you're doing? You know, and, and they will bend over backwards to, to welcome you in and, and share their story as well. I think that having that access to a driver or, you know, another local to just help pave the way. You, you have no idea of the opportunities that that will present to you throughout your time traveling. So, yeah, it's 
it's definitely worth that investment, even if it feels like a lot of money. And I think the other key to that is in a country like Sri Lanka, when you are paying for a driver, you're making a difference to their family as well, you know. And I think never more than during the global pandemic have we seen that shopping local and supporting the business around the corner is crucial. It's, you know, it's the future for all of us is to support the people who surround you. Yeah. And I, yes, especially if you are looking at how you can create a, 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 a much larger sustainable impact with your travel that I agree that's exactly. a way where if you're finding anyone who's local that you can hire, not only is it a value added for your personal experience, but like you said, that money will really go a long way in supporting families and communities. And, and like you said, if they're also taking you to someone they know who owns a restaurant and they're taking you to someone else they know who has some other project that you can see or maybe as an artisan, then you end up buying a product from them. Like it just kind of keeps rolling forward and spreading out and and you might miss that if you are um, on a more rigid schedule or where you're not allowing for those kind of opportunities to open up. Yeah. Um, I That reminded me of a thing that we were talking about and we'll, uh, I don't, I'll see if this connects the dots between the two things, but we were talking about um, how we connect over tea when uh, we, when you and I initially met and how um, like the process of drinking tea is like about sitting and savoring the flavors and enjoying and having this conversation. And I was actually thinking how that really parallels meaningful travel and how it's a lot slower and a lot more peaceful and a lot more intentional and just kind of like savoring every moment. Um, and so I love the idea that, um, and we'll move from uh, impact escapes and then kind of walk your journey into impact tees. But I love how they actually really go hand in hand, even if they may have been very separate in the beginning, that I feel <laughs> like they feel so similar, like creating that moment. Um, enjoying a glass of tea really can be similar to creating that moment that you experience when you travel, especially if you're doing it kind of in this um, holistic way where you're thinking about where did this tea come from? Who grew it? How did it get here? What's its history? What's its story? Like there's all of this um, that can come out of a simple glass of tea or cup of tea as well. You know, I just, I think that they have really, really beautiful parallels. Yeah, definitely. And I think that having traveled in Sri Lanka, you experience such warmth and generosity from people that you meet along the way. And, and I think that for me growing up in the UK, tea is a bit of a staple and it is about warmth and generosity. You share it with family, you share it with friends. It's, it is that moment of connection and, and absolutely that's the, the warmth that we want to bring through the travel experiences as well. So yeah, looking back, the parallels have always been there, um, mm -hmm. but we didn't really see it until now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, that's a, just a good point to then, um, obviously we're all in this moment of the global pandemic. Our travel has halted. Um, this is really where you and I connected because I had launched soul of travel and started these interviews to showcase the work that people were doing in the travel industry that really a lot of them, it has taken them outside of travel to create something new, but that still supports who travel the people they were connected to while they were traveling. And so I know for me, I really started thinking about the artisans and the guides and all of the families and the people that I know who are supported my, by my travel dollars. And um, much like you, I just thought there has to be something that we can do moving forward to make sure that we're still supporting those, those people that we're really invested in, not only professionally, but personally. Um, and I know that when we talked before, you had said that doing nothing was not an option. And I feel like so many of us felt that um, and we were kind of grasping in the dark to try to figure out what that meant. 
um, both because our businesses had stopped, but because we have this really strong connection to the global community. And we started to see people all around the travel community coming together and looking at what we can do to serve this global community in a, in a better and more impactful way. And for you, that ended up becoming impactees. But can you take us back to that moment where some of those ideas started falling into place and take us along that journey? <clears throat> Pardon me, take us along that journey. Sure. So here in New Zealand, we entered into a period of a four-week lockdown and that was in March and quite by coincidence because we were very much a, a fledgling travel business we were quite driven to be sustainable we'd been growing our network of connections of small operators in Sri Lanka and we'd signed up for the Global Sustainable Tourism Council certificate in sustainable tourism quite by coincidence that four-week training period overlapped with the lockdown in New Zealand so Alex and I both were connected with a global network of people driven to travel and create travel experiences more sustainably, but everyone was in lockdown. Everyone was in this period of stasis where we had these huge desires to do better, but we couldn't enact it. We were all connected with small communities that were hurting. You know, they were really suffering in ways that in New Zealand and in Europe, and as, as hard as the lockdown was, we didn't have the depth of poverty and lack that our connections had. So it was quite polarizing. It was it equally was inspiring because we were connected with this network of people. We were all driven to say, well, we can't do that. What can we do? You know, when things do return, let's not let it be the same. Let's talk about all the ways it can be different. Let's not dwell on all the things that aren't working right. Let's share the ideas about things that can do better. So we had four weeks of, of conversation that were inspirational. And I think at that stage, nobody quite realized how the pandemic would evolve and how impactful on the long term it would be. So I do say that you know, we were perhaps a little bit naive thinking that the situation might have evolved more quickly or bounced back more quickly. Um, however, for us, as soon as the sort of lockdown period and then the next stage of us for us was sort of a, a staggered reduction of lockdown, as soon as Alex and I were able to sort of get back together in person, we did what we always do and put the kettle on and had a cup of tea, you know, and from our travel experiences, we've always got Sri Lankan tea in the house because that's what we like to drink. That's what we like to share together. And we were just talking about, well, what can we do to support Sri Lanka? We can't send people there. We're not going to be able to send people there for, you know, a reasonable amount of time. But there's communities that we are aware of that are struggling and what would the tourism dollar be doing if it was available and um, yeah we just connected with a few small tier states that we were proposing to take people to visit and so we reached out and had a conversation with them and you know that was the, the start of it really where we said we've got this idea that maybe if we bought some Sri Lankan tea and we could take it to our local markets and sell it then that would you know that would make an impact is selling tea enough of an impact and our connection over there just said, well, look, you know, anything that you can buy from Sri Lanka is bringing money into Sri Lanka. It's a win for us. You know, we'd, we'd be grateful for the support. And so that's what we did. You know, we made a small order of tea and we packaged it up and, and took it over to our local market. And we got a huge amount of interest in our story and the fact that, you know, we didn't just bring tea over from Sri Lanka, but we knew the people that were growing it and not just the man that owned the farm, the actual workers who are picking the leaves, the people that are creating the different blends and the flavours of tea and some tea artisans and connoisseurs who are really passionate about the product and the biodiversity of the tea fields that they're actually running. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really blossomed into something that's quite special yeah it's really bridging the gap uh, 
between that product and travel because like you said it it it, it it's, it's so important to know the story and to have the deeper connection and so it could be um you know much like travel it can be kind of like a quick package travel or it can be this slow mindful meaningful um journey it's the same like you you could go to the market and buy any tea but I feel like people right now especially are so craving connection and um and uh awareness and and really are wanting to understand what other people are going through like we are just craving those stories and so for me I, I would feel the same like if I was shopping and I saw one product versus another that had this really powerful message and this story and something that resonated with me, I would be more inclined to be curious about that one and to choose that one. And then even to probably want to learn more and would be on your website and would be researching a little bit. And that's definitely my nature, but I mean, it, it would be like, oh, this is, this is something more. And then I think what's so amazing about that is it just in general, gets people thinking different differently about how they're in a, interacting with a destination through their purchases or through their consumption or through their travel, and it just it deepens that sense of global community and the importance on our interconnectedness. And so, I just I think there's something really beautiful in in how this evolved out of your travel business, but still like almost will serve to amplify what that means in the future. Absolutely. It's, um, it will all come back full circle um, and it will only allow us to offer richer travel experiences when it does really. So, and in the meantime, everything that we're working on is really rewarding and it's building our, our community and our connection. And I think that what we've recognized in the last well, it's only really a matter of months. We haven't even hit a year yet, but um, we really recognise that the support that we've received in, in growing our business the way we have over the last few months has been from people that recognise our values and our purpose. You know, through travel, we wanted to provide authenticity of travel. And through tea, well, how do you get an authentic tea experience? That seems a bit ridiculous. Well, for us, it's about transparency. It's about where does the tea come from? Who is growing the tea? What processes does the tea go through before it reaches your cup? And the more transparent we can be about that, the better for everyone involved in the process because that chain of people involved is much reduced and the better the flavour of tea in your cup at the end of the day as well. So it's, it's a win for you as the consumer and it's a win for the producers of the tea. So, yeah. I was just reading an article that... Um one of my colleagues shared and it was something along the lines of when he began marketing and tourism however many years ago that um, he had always been a storyteller and he had wanted to bring that into it and they're like no people don't care they don't want to hear the stories they just want to know that it's going to be like warm and relaxing and you know have you know, fun things to do. They don't really want it. They don't care about those stories. Like that's just getting in the way of everything else. And, um, and then also the idea of transparency where it was like, that was definitely lacking as well um, in a lot of businesses. I'll just say that, I guess. And now I think both things are interwoven, the storytelling and the transparency and the authenticity, like you were saying, like, it's just this, uh, it's this shift in how consumers want to connect to their goods in general. And I think a shift in how many people in business want to be able to show up in the place that they work in. And it, it's not just about a transactional experience, but it's about this connective experience. Um, and you mentioned uh, people really being drawn to your values and your um, mission and kind of all of these things that have sprung forth because of that alignment, which this conversation is one of those things like, you know, I'm so grateful for for that being the kind of awareness that people have that when we see each other, we just say, 
you're my people. I don't know what this means. I just know that our values are on the same page. And I know that I'm here to support you around the world. And likewise, like without knowing each other at all, it's those, that value driven connection. Um, and before we were talking, you were just saying that you had a, a business opportunity that just came out that kind of happened out of those value, those values that you and Alex were touring a, a new sustainable hotel property, um, thinking about future of travel, thinking about how travel is being brought to New Zealand. Um, and I would just love for you to share kind of, you know, what transpired out of that aligned connection. Yeah, so we were um, encouraged to have a, a discovery session to see how sustainable hotels with a vision to operate better within New Zealand use tea within their hotels. So what tea products they have in the rooms and in the restaurant and how they might be different. And, you know, is there an opportunity in the very long term for Impact Tea to be working within the hotel industry? And born of a conversation about what we were doing and what their uses of tea were, they then expressed interest in a, in a sustainable tea product to use as an amenity gift for special guests, return clients, that kind of thing. And so we were, we've been able to custom make a specialty tea box for use within a small chain of hotels in New Zealand that is entirely sustainable. It's in a small recycled cardboard box. It's got the um, glassine paper rather than a plastic wrapping for the specialty teas. And then it's got just a QR code to link to the story so that people can actually see their tea being made which again is that really nice sort of transparency connection. And it's something that the, the people at the hotel are really proud to give out to people. It's something that, you know, they feel really special to receive. And for us, it means that, you know, it's, it's been a great opportunity to sell a greater number of tea to support the tea estates that are producing the tea as well. So it's been a really nice boost and, and really heartening to see that when people do recognize your values and they recognize what you're trying to achieve they really do support you wholeheartedly in any way that they can and one of that we've then you know been able to make introductions to other people knowing that we've got this strong connection with a known brand within New Zealand who are getting in behind us so yeah it's it's been really great and incredible opportunity for us to get started yeah um, I just, there's so much about this story that one is just, it makes me so happy because I, I feel like it connects all of the things um, that are important to me in terms of travel and connection and supporting artisans and telling stories and creating that bigger global understanding. But then also looking at this from an entrepreneurial journey, um, I mean, much like you, I, my brand was one year old. Uh, like three days before we went into lockdown in the US and um, sitting in that space, like there, I've had like over and over people say like, it's amazing you're still moving forward, right? Like there would have been no better reason than to give up than to have a global pandemic, like the minute you launched your travel business, right? Um, but to see, the resilience and that this is across the board in this industry. And I think there's something about the magic of that, especially in responsible travel and sustainable travel and that tie that we have to the greater world as a whole, that is what is really moving us forward. But for other people who are on an entrepreneurial path, people who are in tourism, people who are interested in um, sustainable product development. Like, I feel like this is such a beautiful example of having a starting point and an ending point that are nowhere near what you conceive when you begin and letting that be okay. And that, I mean, you, you still are in the beginning of this journey even, and you have no idea when we have a conversation a year from now, right? Like what will you be reflecting upon? And you know, what will you have learned? What other things will have come? And I don't know if you want to just share a little bit about like what that that journey in and of itself has been like to just kind of like move through those ups and downs and those moments where you 
have to make those decisions of like, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I move forward or do I stop? (laughs) I think when you pick a path like responsible travel or something with a sustainable goal, you know that you are treading new ground in, in many ways. And I think that you face it knowing it's an opportunity, but it's not necessarily the easy path. And when we first started our travel business, um, sadly within a few months of it, it first starting and attending our first trade show where we got lots of interest, there was a terrorist attack in Sri Lanka, which you know decimated the, the tourism there initially and made the whole world pause about whether Sri Lanka was a safe place to visit. All of a sudden, people thought, well, oh, actually, you know, they've had decades of civil war there, so maybe it's really not okay. And we didn't know if that was where it all fell over, really. And we got together and had a cup of tea and said, well, what are we going to do here? Do we just keep going with it? Do we stop? Um, It's a little bit scary. We've both got children here and families that, you know, can we in good conscience send people to a country where this has just happened? What's the answer, you know? And we talked constantly with our connections over there and and what the situation was like for them and they were facing curfew and and all sorts of things like that and that was really hard to know what to do to help initially and we said well if we want to encourage other people to visit well we need to go ourselves because there's no point saying oh of course it's safe it's fine if well have you been there since then oh no I haven't you know so we did um, in the July following the April attacks, Alex and I went over together and had 10 days in Sri Lanka and just reconnected with the people that we were close to. And, you know, we were really reassured that in actual fact that the response to that was incredible. And, you know, they'd worked really hard on safety and security and making people feel at ease at the various destinations that they were visiting. And in actual fact, all of the local people that we met were so grateful to see tourists coming back that we said, well, yeah, we are definitely on the right path here, you know, so we continued and then following that um, became the global pandemic just as we had our next sort of peak of success and then, yeah, everything fell flat again. But I think, like I said before, doing nothing is not an option if you set out on this path to do something worthwhile, to do something that in the long term your kids will look back and say, hey, you know, mum did that and that was awesome. I'm really proud that she did that. You know, it may be something that it's a business they choose to work in later in life or it may just be something that they, you know, look back on and and reflect that that was something that I achieved. Um, And I hope one day that they do, you know, and and for Alex's kids as well, that, that they're proud of what we do. So there's lots of different drivers Really, it's, it's your own sense of self and the purpose that you've set out on. It's recognition of other people who talk to you about what it is that you're doing and the values, the purpose behind what you're doing and really align with that. You know, it might be yourself. It might be someone that you're talking to in a store. It might be, um, you know, someone who then chooses to buy your product. And I think there's been so many more encouraging conversations and disheartening ones you know and and you have to ride the wave and impact escapes was born of resilience post a terrorist attack and impact t you know our big pivot was born of resilience in a global pandemic and we're still really really fortunate you know everything that's that's happened to slow us down has been meted with opportunities for success if you're prepared to look for them so, yeah, I think that we've we've been really encouraged through our entrepreneurial journey. As hard as it's been, there's always been a little glimmer of light if you were prepared to just stop and take a breath and have a think about it. And, okay, we can't do that. What can we do? You know, there's no point getting hung up on the what you can't do. Um, I think there's so much there in the, in the aspect that you said, if this is the thing that you really believe in. Um, and I feel like that's how you kind of know that you, 
you found the thing, the right thing, is that like all, everything comes at you and you're like, no, I'm still, this is still it, right? Like, I'm still passionate about this. I still love this. I still want to talk to anyone who will listen about this. I still fully believe in it, right? Like this, this is the thing. And then our friends are probably like, yeah, uh, yeah, we know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think that's it. You know, I, I think if, if it's easy to give it up, it might, may, might not have been the dream or the thing. Like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think any of my friends that come visit at the moment, I'm like, right, tea, what tea <laughs> should we have? You know, and there's a whole 20 minute conversation about just picking your tea and they're like, Sally, just, yeah i i mean i just i i love that so much because it it really shows the what the why behind it and again that's i think um something that's been really beautiful in this time for businesses in the travel industry but many businesses um uh, around the world is going back to the why you're doing it because if you're going to stick to it through the hurdles that you're about to go through um, especially as business owners, is you have to know why. And I think I think a lot of brands I've seen this in friends' businesses have really strengthened through this because they had gone from their initial why and why they launched their business, and then maybe had some level of success, and they got really into the business mindset and the operational mindset and the revenue mindset, and their why kind of got muddied. And they maybe stepped away from it a little or like got attracted to this project and it shifted and maybe they disconnected from that initial why. And in this moment in time, when they sat down, they had to really get back to that moment and then take that why plus all of the lessons they've learned along the way and bring them together. And there, a lot of them are stepping forward with like this renewed sense of clarity plus all of the experience that they've gathered along the way and really have something even more special. And so, um, especially in, in, in the tourism industry, what that means is now travelers are going to benefit from that and communities are going to benefit from that. And, um, especially in this realm of sustainable travel and responsible travel, um, I think we are being so mindful about what we're putting forth into the world from this point forward. And as you were talking about um, visiting uh, Sri Lanka after the terrorist attacks and how you were greeted and received and welcomed and how you had the kind of ethical dilemma about going there prior to that, I feel like that's a, a mirrored a mirrored experience right now. And I know a lot of tour operators are saying, you know, can we travel again? Should we travel again? Where can we go? Uh, What is the financial benefit weighed with the risk of bringing travelers to certain destinations where if you bring with you potential exposures to sicknesses that you can cause more harm than good. And there, if it feels like, that uh, ethical and financial like battle is stronger and yet people are so much more conscious of it that I can't I can't wait to see what comes out of it like I just think we're really going to be approaching what we're creating um, as an industry with so much more intention and um, again like uh, grace and um, can't think of the word, but just respect for the places that we're traveling to. Yeah, I certainly hope so. And I think you, you've hit the nail on the head, really, that, you know, we we do need to, to tread lightly and tread cautiously because it is it is a fine line. And if we want to travel and have people welcome us with open arms, well, we need to allow them a time of mistrust for us and what a visit from overseas might mean for them. You know, and as you say, Yes, the financial gain might be good, but what's the risk that you're bringing to me and my family? You know, is it a very reasonable perspective for for people? So, yeah, it is. Um, it is going to be a very interesting evolution of travel in you know coming sort of months and years. Really, I think from New Zealand we see it as a very slow process because we are so heavily limited on our borders. So, you know, I know. In, 
<clears throat> in other parts of the world, it feels as though things are opening up again. And, you know, for us, much less so at, the po at this point. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and it's so it's this has also been interesting is that um, that you know there's this idea that this is this collective experience right that everyone around the world is going through this at the same time, which is true, and yet like everybody is having such different shared experiences depending on where you are and even you know my family where they are in the us is very different than where i am because they're in a very rural you know country community versus i am closer to a city and you know restrictions are just different and exposures and like you know just perceived all all the things are different and that's within you know a day's drive of one another let alone you know around the world and um so i think uh again, like a year from now and looking back and having that ability to reflect and see what that means in terms of the collective experience, uh, it will just be really interesting to, to understand then how we can fold that into our approach of reconnecting with others and understanding what that means to them. Yeah, definitely. Well, before we wrap up the conversation, I would love for you to share a little bit more about how people can support Impactees, how they can learn more about what you're doing if they're curious, how they can connect with you. Um, and then uh, also just moving forward, hopefully traveling with um, Impact Escapes and, and like you said, having these even richer connections um, with the communities that you've forged stronger bonds with during this, this period of time. Yeah, so I guess really um, anyone that has the opportunity to buy Impact Tea is uh, supporting us as, you know, as sort of a women-owned business and, and entrepreneurs here in New Zealand, but every purchase um, feeds back to small social enterprise tea estates in Sri Lanka um, and also to community-driven tea estates. And we also support an NGO charity over there called the Tea Leaf Trust, and the Tea Leaf Trust educates youth of tea estate families. So there's a lot of young people in Sri Lanka essentially trapped in a cycle of poverty, growing up in rural areas with little educational support. And the Tea Leaf Trust works to provide an opportunity for education, not just academically, but in terms of mental health and well-being as well. So we're really proud to partner with Tea Leaf Trust and, and support them through the tea sales as well. So we do post internationally through our website, our website which is impacttea.com. Um, and then just, you know, sort of reach out to us on, on social media or email or anything like that and, and see what our story brings in the next few months because we've got, we've got high hopes of, of what's coming in the rest of 2021. So, uh, yeah, just sort of stick with us and, and follow our journey really would be all that we'd ask right now. And if you, if you want to buy some tea, we'd love, love for you to taste it. We're, we're really proud that we're actually starting to get now a few repeat customers. So it's, it's proof that, you know, once people have tasted the tea and they recognize the difference in the quality of the tea that they get from us versus somewhere else. And um, yeah, they, they really like the taste and they come back for more. So that's what we want. Yeah, I love the idea of just supporting in, in watching your journey unfold because um, I can feel the energy and the momentum of this. And, it, and like you said, this um, just really working from your heart space and other people recognizing that um, I feel like it will be so good for people to just be able to see that unfold. So um, I hope that they they are at least from around the world doing as much as that and then hopefully also being able to support through purchases. Um, I always end our conversations with a series of rapid fire questions just to give listeners an idea of who you are also as a traveler, which in this time feels, I don't know, especially fun and important because <laughs> we're so disconnected from, from travel. Um, so we'll just, we'll go to, to that next. Um, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Oh, this would be twofold. So I have two young daughters. So our favorite collective travel movie would, would probably be Moana. <laughs> uh, 
and uh, you know she goes off on this big adventure and yeah and she's successful and determination rules the day so that's definitely a win um for me personally I've been I've been reading a book called Green Tea and Tuk Tuks I can't remember the author's name at the moment but it's about a gentleman who moved to Sri Lanka with the idea of just setting up a sustainable tea estate interestingly enough and I, I picked this up when Impact Escapes was born and started reading it and then it's been a really fascinating parallel um, of how it's evolved you know I was interested in the sustainable aspect of, of his writing and then now it's all about tea as well so it's it's quite interesting that the two worlds have combined yeah. <laughs> again through the book that I've been reading and yeah I'm sort of on the third read through now because every time I read it I get something different from it because my journey's changed so much so that's so interesting yeah. it's as if the universe was giving you that hint for a long time and you just had to wait for the moment yeah. for that to, to become I also <laughs> really love reading books or even watching films but like at different points in your life because they mean something so so much different because of the experiences you've had and like a, or reading something you know younger and then as a parent and how how it resonates different differently and um so I, I love the idea it's much like traveling to a place multiple times like every time you go you get a little something out of something different out of the destination what is always in your suitcase probably oh gosh that's a hard one <laughs> there's a few things that are, there's a few things that are always <laughs> in my suitcase um I I always seem to leave my sort of travel towel in there so that that's convenient and handy I guess it's something I don't really go without um my sunglasses um yeah and and sunscreen that kind of thing yeah there's not too exciting really <laughs> My uh, my friends will often laugh at me that a toothbrush is almost never in my suitcase. I somehow manage to forget it all the time. I don't know why, but that's that's the opposite of the question. But I have that problem. <laughs> um, what is your favorite destination that you've traveled to? More recently, it would have to be Sri Lanka um, because not just because of the way that the journey with Sri Lanka has evolved, but just the experiences that I had there were so unique in terms of I love wildlife and I love history um, I once worked as a tour guide around Europe and, and was absolutely fascinated with the history and I think for me Sri Lanka just encompassed so much in one place and what you know in one country you could be on safari in the morning and then be at a centuries old location in the afternoon you know to be able to combine so much in in one trip was phenomenal for me um if there is one place I could go back to right now and I can't but um that would probably be Barcelona I think Barcelona's got a really special place in my heart I've always loved the architecture and art aspects of it um and the proximity to the sea as well so yeah two very different destinations but yeah <laughs> thank you for sharing that um where do you still long to visit so many places <laughs> if if I could choose to go somewhere tomorrow I think I would love to go to Africa and and really explore and, and immerse ourselves in in Africa it's um yeah such a magical place I don't I don't know anyone who hasn't left there changed um what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been Anything with cardamom brings me right back to Sri Lanka. <laughs> cardamom, ginger, that kind of thing. Um, so curries, I guess, that, you know, that are made with those spices. But even sweet, you know, using it in sweet desserts just brings that hint back to Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, the last two. Uh, who was the person that inspired and encouraged you to set out and explore the world? My grandmother, I think, was probably... The one I remember as a child that she went off on a cruise and she went off on a cruise with her sister and just the the various different things she talked about having seen on her journey you know was quite inspiring but also my mum she lived abroad when she was young her dad was in the navy so they traveled a lot they moved location all the time and so she had all sorts of, of interesting stories about growing up with you know monkeys in the backyard and that kind of thing so 
Yeah, I think my mum and her mum, they both, you know, inspired me in different ways to travel and see a bit more of the world. And my mum was always very supportive of my desire to travel. You know, when I was 18, I said, hey, mum, I want to leave the UK. And and instead of going to university, I want to travel in New Zealand. She didn't seem as shocked as she might have done and um, said, "Okay, (laughs) how can we make that happen? You know, so, yeah. Uh, I love that. I need to go back through and listen to all of these conversations, but I feel like uh, grandmothers are leading uh, the ones that gave us permission to travel, which I think would have been unexpected at the beginning of this series. So I love that so much. Um, The last one is, if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? It would have to be my dad. Yeah, my, my dad passed 19 years ago, so... I'd give anything to travel with him. Thank you. Um, Well, Sally, thank you so, so much for being here, for sharing your passion and your dedication to this project and for sharing your story. And I really invite people to join you on this journey because it has been beautiful to witness so far. And I really, really look forward to seeing where it brings you in the future. Thank you. And thanks so much for the opportunity to share our story. Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find The Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book, Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, The Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.